Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into this Monday edition of Snaps. Uh, I normally am by saying it's it's what I hope to be your favorite college football podcast, but unfortunately, uh, this beautifully clean-shaven man in the middle of us yeah. may actually be your favorite college football podcast. I am T-Bob Abier. Aaron Murray's here as well, and we are joined by the one, the only, Josh Pate. Uh, Chancellor of Pate State, host of Late Kick, Josh uh, Two Forty Seven. You already—I mean, if you're listening to this show, you definitely know who we're talking about. Josh, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us today, dude. It's going to be a ton of fun. You did my bio the way I would do my bio because I have no clue what's in my bio, so I would just <laughs> basically say one or two things. Then, dude, you know the rest. Um, I appreciate you guys having me. So, so let me warn you both about something, and and the viewing mm-hmm. slash listening audience. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I like to plan a workout right after I do these sorts of things, which means when you drink pre-workout, mm. the show, they told me to peel the label off the bottle cause they don't sponsor the show. So this unnamed blue container, Aaron Murray may know what this is by the way, cause he's from Georgia. It will be consumed during our show, which means the energy level will go up and up <laughs> and up. So we need to save the best stuff for the last and just lead with the most boring stuff. Nice. Well, shit, but I wanted to lead by shitting on James Franklin for being too scared to go out there and win a big game because for the first time this year, unless, you know, you're a corn hub enjoyer, of which Josh is very much in in fact, I believe multiple late cake Josh staff members have corn hub merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're a corn hub enjoyer, sure you may be watching the Big Ten. Otherwise, the Big Ten just kind of happens in the background for the vast majority of the season. And we show up, we're like, oh, look at that. Michigan beat the fuck out of someone. And then we're like, that's kind of impressive. Whatever. But we finally got our first battle between the triumvirate this last Saturday, Ohio State, Penn State, two all-world defenses going up against each other. But I don't know, man. Now you look up and all of a sudden, uh, what what, what is James Trigan? One and eight in these games against Ohio State. I think he's three and 13 in games against top 10 opponents. And to me, the call before half in the red zone, third and six, down seven to run the ball. It's a basic little, I think it was an inside zone. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it. But but just a basic soft-ass, scared-ass, conservative-ass run on third and six in the red zone on a night when you just didn't have those scoring opportunities. It tells me everything I need to know about James Franklin's ceiling. Okay. <clears throat> Is that a question or do you just want me to basically just go right off of that? You, you digest it and you, 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 right or wrong. Am I being overly critical here? You're not being overly critical. No. Okay. So this is going to be a boring answer for me. It's not, it's not wrong. None of that's wrong. So we took a trip up there in the spring 
and they, you know, they flush all the local media out and then they say, come on. So they let us watch practice. So I stood up on that balcony up there right outside his office. I watched practice. They tried incessantly to stress pushing the ball down the field vertically that day. They had to, they had a new transfer receiver coming in. They weren't happy with their perimeter skill as it exited spring or as it was going to exit spring. And um, so I was asking a lot of the staffers, like, how do you feel about this? And they said, we got a championship caliber team. We have no clue what we're going to be on the outside. We do not know mm-hmm. if we got pass catchers. And there's no more maybe. They just don't. They don't have that. And the Cephas kid from Kent State hasn't worked out. He's barely played. So they just you, – you saw timidity, which is a word of the day for me. I'm trying to insert it in a sentence every day this week. You saw timidity. I think what they were was terrified at making that one mistake mm-hmm. that goes the other way that felt like it was going to decide that game. Now, that doesn't mean what you said and how you described it is inaccurate. It just, and here's the buzz phrase of the decade, it just is what it is at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I feel is like you want to go down swinging though, Josh. I mean, like, yeah, like but you also, we also, I, I told you this yesterday, T-Bob, you also don't want to put the ball like, like Josh said, you want to put the ball in guys' hands that aren't elite playmakers. Like these were moments where you had to put the ball into your best player's hands and hope they can find a way to make a play. That's what Ohio State did with Marvin Harrison Jr. Big players step up in big games. You don't have big play guys on the outside for Penn State. You can't just force feed guys if they're not going to be able to find a way to get open. They didn't do it all day. So I want to ask you the difference. So, with the so teams. fuck it. Then just accept that you're going to lose. You know, I mean, then what are you going to do? If you're not going to go for the win, if you're not going to your play, best players are your running backs. Your best players are your running backs. Your best players are your linebackers. Like they, oh, what yeah. I thought they were waiting on. <laughs> I thought both sides honestly felt like they were waiting on their best scoring opportunities, which were when their defenses were on the field. That's what it felt like. I was at that Ohio State Notre Dame game. That game felt the same. Both sides really, really timid. And, and aside from Marvin Harrison occasionally, who you can just account to get open because he's an alien, we're not really going to force it. We're going to wait on them, and hopefully they try and force it and we take advantage of it, and that really didn't happen. Wait, well, I mean, it, there- it almost did, though, right? Two yeah. pin, I mean, for if you want to oh, yeah. defend James Franklin, like they had the moment, but yeah. it was once again the skill of Marvin Harrison that was just unlike anybody else. Oh, Maserati Marv! Cranking it up, drawing the holding penalty, calling back the touchdown. I still think I would. We'll have to agree to disagree on the timidity. For I, I, I get what y'all are saying. Like you can't just force one of these receivers to be good, but you got to take a shot at some point. You got to grab mm. your balls. You got to put yourself out there. Jo- Josh, I want to ask you this because you were there and you saw. We were talking about like guys walking off the bus. How do they look? How did the players look? We know there's a major gap between skill guys. Ohio State's always had receivers. They've always had the quarterback guy. Uh, they they have the receivers again this year, and they were even without some of their starters as well on offense. Where was Penn State dominant in your mind? Like, like looking at players, could you point to a position? Because Ohio State's defense is legit. Could you point to a position and say Penn State was better there watching the, those two teams on Saturday? Um, Olu Fashano at left tackle fits in anywhere. He, he'd play almost anywhere, and he's got the double knee brace, Stone Cold Steve Austin thing going on, as so many offensive linemen do. He looks the part. Um, I think their linebacker room looks the part. Their receivers, though, don't. Here's what stands out. You both know this. I don't think a lot of folks watching who haven't been around teams and seen them in person know this. When you think of receivers and you see their height weight, you see 6'1", 180. And you think, oh, there's a dude I work with who's 6'1", 180. Uh, Receivers don't look like the dude you work with. They look (laughs) really big. Because I don't know what it is, bone density. I don't know if it's weight distribution. But 6-1-180 for an elite future first or second round D1 athlete looks way different. Mm-hmm. They don't have guys at, at receiver who look like that. They look like ordinary receivers. Whereas Ohio State's dudes look exactly how you think Ohio State's dudes look. Um, but it, Penn State, like they, they don't really physically take a back seat. I remember, dude, when we were at the national title game last year, and you see TCU get off the bus, mm-hmm. that's night day. That's yeah, like the most glaring physical, what's this yep. high school team? Is it a field trip to go visit a college team? That's what that looked like. It doesn't look like anything like that. But if you go position unit for position unit, it's really obvious. Ohio State's got dudes who are going to play on Sunday. Penn State has dudes who are going to watch Ohio State's dudes play on Sunday one day. Well, and and let's talk then about Ohio State, because I don't want to make this all about Penn State, even though I'm I, a bit frustrated there. But – I, 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 I could go either way 
with my Ohio State take here where, oh, you know, clearly Michigan's the big winner here because J.J. McCarthy is light years better than Kyle McCord and Michigan's going to roll over Ohio State once again. But uh, I do see an Ohio State defense that appears to be much improved this season. Uh, you've now, and they look very legit, I mean, just as good as Penn State's defense on Saturday. Uh, you've won two uber important, hyper close physical games. I mean, you always haven't seen Ohio State do uh in the past. And so, and and they've been much better. Remember what got them last year against Michigan, the big plays, right? They they basically mm-hmm. haven't given up any all year long. Do you come out of this more bullish on Ohio State as it relates to Michigan or less or more bearish? Um, much more bullish. I already was. And this is just another exclamation on a point that I've expected to be able to make this year about them. And that is after after the Michigan game last year, really it was time to do a full forensic audit of your program, not your team, your program. How are we wired? And why does why, why do we look like the second most physical team against our biggest rival two years in a row? So then they happen to get in the playoff. But that's a game played in the 40s as well. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. put 40 on the board, you still can't win because Georgia scores one or two more points than you. So then you really get into getting ready for spring. You're, you're going to overhaul any staffers. You're going to have guys exit. You're going to bring a recruiting class in. You're going to do whatever you do in the transfer portal. I think they got really intentional after last year about never having that said about them again. Maybe they mm-hmm. lose games, but it's not going to be because we got put on skates. There's no excuse for that. We're Ohio State. There's no excuse for that. So it just so happens that you also watch a guy like C.J. Stroud walk out the door and you watch quarterbacks like that walk out the door and you don't have one to put in his place. But what that does is it also backs you into a corner as a team. And you know in spring, if you don't have an elite mm-hmm. quarterback, you know it. And your team knows it. Bama's players knew it coming out of spring. If we win, it's going to be because we, on this side, defensive side of the ball, we step up. And it's almost like a survival's mentality Mm -hmm. or survivalist mentality even going into fall camp. And this is, to me, the big takeaway about Ryan Day. As all these folks after the Michigan loss have started to call him overrated and he was born on third base and stuff like that, I look at him and I look at Lincoln Riley out on the West Coast. And I look at Lincoln Riley's inability to ever evolve anything about his program, either either at Oklahoma or now at USC defensively. They're they're not serious about it. They can say they are, but they're not intentional Mm -hmm. about it. Whereas Ryan Day is now winning games. His program's winning games in a manner they were incapable of winning games in two years ago. And to me, that's, that's the sign of like an elite coach or an elite caliber coach where you look at a side of the ball that you don't specialize in, but you go higher right, you delegate right, and you develop right and recruit right, and all of a sudden, they've had two games this year they didn't score more than 20 points in, and they're 2-0 and in them. And yep. We never yep. would have said that about them in years past. If I give you two teams, Team A, uh, grade-wise, is it A offense, B defense. Team B, A defense, B offense, which team are you taking? Both teams obviously good enough to win a championship. Which style of football in 2023 will get it done, though? Which one would you prefer? So I still think I would go A offense, B defense. I think that I think that's what I would say. But at the, mm, this particular year, I'm looking around. If you're telling me JJ McCarthy is the is the dragon I have to slay, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm not speaking ill of him, but I am saying I think we know who he is as a player. I'm not a believer that just because you come back, you get 20% better in any given year as a player. So we've we've seen him. We've seen Michigan uh, against the best. We, we Largely, I think we know the cruising altitude that they're going to fly at. I, I don't necessarily know. <sighs> I wish this was pre-recorded so we could edit all this out, but... May, I don't know. Maybe I would like the to problem, be a defensive-minded team. I mean, but the the, the problem mm. is in this hypothetical is is if you score, if you grade Michigan, is it really A offense, B defense, right? Well, sure. Or no, is they, the Michigan defense actually the best part of that team? And it's just that now that J.J. McCarthy is much better, that all of a sudden they become that much more of a threat because now they're they're more complete. Right. So like I, I like I, I I'm not I'm not sure. And granted, to be fair, I'm doing a lot of box score watching with Michigan. Yeah. I'm not yeah, like locked is. in or done like I'm not, I haven't like locked in the film. I know all the well, numbers and, I, and everything. And, and I but like I'm Michigan, not sure the defense isn't their best part of their team. No, in, in, in Michigan, it to me 
could end up being just a better version of Penn State in the sense of you got a, a talented quarterback and I think a far superior quarterback. But do you believe – I'm not even questioning JJ. I, I may be opposite with you here, Josh. Like I think JJ's a stud. Like What he's done this year to me has been incredible strides from last year. But do they have the receiver talent? Like That's the question for me. Can he win it on his own? Because they've gone against defenses that don't have the guys that can match up in the back end. Right. Ohio State seems like they can. Is J.J. good enough to go against an elite defense with, with subpar average receivers? That's the question. So that's the thing, the, the million-dollar question that I keep wondering. I'm never the person who says Michigan hasn't played anyone, therefore they're not good. Because if I descended the Kansas City Chiefs into high school football – they'd still be the Chiefs, even though they're playing mm-hmm. high school teams. So just because you haven't played anyone doesn't mean you're any good. But I do wonder, that's the whole crowbar and the bicycle spokes theory. If you've got above average receiver talent going against below average DB talent and they're, they're balling, then all of a sudden they face elite perimeter skill defensively, it doesn't slow you down. It could make you stop completely and fly over the handlebars. And then, of course, you've got a couple of running backs that can get the job done. You better hope they can, because otherwise mm-hmm. your script that's worked all year is inverted really quickly. Um, all right, so let's let's move on from the Big Ten. Penn State falls, and then there were two. Uh, I still, I mean, I think we're probably more excited forever for Ohio State, Michigan. Um, uh, do we want to do we want to do the Emmanuel Acho? Yes, conversation? I, yeah. Okay, I okay. I'm, I'm I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. So, um. As the 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 pre pre workout hit yet? I know you're you're passionate about this one. Oh, I I feel when, you can see it. Like jittering. Y'all ever drink Redline Extreme? Uh, don't. Oh, I did back oh, in college yeah, one time. I think my heart original. almost exploded. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane. I remember I did one for a workout in the middle workout. I just puked everywhere, and I was just fucking killing hey, it. First, the first day, the first day I ever took pre workout. This was back in high school, like the No Explode days, which we called mm, No. We didn't know yeah. No was an acronym. So I took it. I maxed out on the the milligram dosage. First time I've ever taken it. I'm driving to the gym in Harris County, Georgia. Deer runs out in front of me. So, you know, I hit the brakes. I don't swerve. We don't swerve. We just hit yep, the brakes. Yep, and smart. Let, let come what may. And, you know, you get that sudden adrenaline rush because a, a deer just ran out in front of you. Well, that stuff coursed through my vein so hard. <laughs> so immediately, it felt like a thousand ants bit me and my heart yes. turned into a jacket. Mm-hmm. And I yes, loved the, I was hooked. The, from the, the, the pre-workout nerve endings when you feel that kind of flame spreading through you. Yeah, dude, that's oh, the ears are red. The elbows are red. Um, okay, so Emmanuel Acho tweeting uh after Caleb Williams and USC lose. Uh with national championship hopes gone, Caleb Williams should consider seeing out the rest of the season. The Heisman is a long shot, college football playoffs are even less likely, and he won't play in the bowl game. The risk of playing far outweighs the reward business decision and uh i would say this obviously acho knows what he's doing right he has made uh, a lot of hay with some of these takes but like any great controversial take it has to at least be based in some sort of logical plausibility that you can sit up here and say well yes i mean, I mean and, he, and he's not wrong right we're not going to care when he doesn't play the book mm-hmm. the only thing i disagree with is when you're evaluating players to go to the NFL, it's not just their physical potential. It's attitude. It's leadership. All this stuff, especially if you're talking about taking a quarterback one overall. And I do think it would be a bad business decision for him to sit. Like, I think there would be GMs and others that mm-hmm. would potentially ding him or take him off the board in a very crowded quarterback class if he was to quit on his team. So, I, I mean, good on Acho. This thing's up to almost like 20 million views. You know, I mean, like, he, he did it. But it, it, I, I think it's a little fucking crazy. So... Let me, I'll just go more territorial with it. I'm not even going to go from the business decision angle. I'm not even going to, I'm going to completely go selfish mode here for a second. Even if everything he was saying was valid, which it's not, it's crazy, but let's just say it was valid. Why in the world is someone who makes their living covering college football the one mm-hmm. telling a kid not to play college football? How about that? How about like, I made it analogous on our show last night to, if I got a buddy who is hardcore member of PETA and, and would never touch meat with a 10 foot pole, I'm okay with that. I love steak. I eat it every night pretty much, but I'm okay with that. But if my same buddy went and applied for a job at Morton's and walked in the kitchen and started railing against meat consumption the first day he was there, they're going to beat him over the head with whatever they have in the kitchen as they should. Like also 
you know what this harkened me back to, although way different Elaine, is back in 2020 when we were having those debates. Should we play the season? Mm -hmm. Should we not play the season? And no one knew. Like, we're all going through it for the first time. But if I'm going to have someone tell me, no, it's it's crazy, it's ludicrous to play a football season, I want it to be an actual medical expert. Like, put on a, put on a white robe for me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear a sports writer that looks like he's crusading to get the thing that puts food on his table canceled and pulled out from under him. So that's the vibe I got from this. And, and the, the bottom line is, like, for a lot of us, college football is the center of the sporting world. That's not for yeah. everyone. That's, that's okay. Yeah. I get that. But at the same time, man, you you turn an audience off so quickly by amplifying that kind of stuff and allowing that mm -hmm. stuff to be amplified on your time and your dime. And I think folks learned that lesson three years ago and uh, they better be careful or they may learn it again in a much different vein. Mm. I, I want to stick on that, that quarterback theme real quick because we're talking about Caleb here. And, and we discussed this being like one of the best quarterback classes we've seen in a decade, whatever, how long. Drake struggled this year. Drake has not been the same quarterback he was last year. And you can blame new, new OC. You can blame uh, difference in personnel, all that. Caleb has is, is had moments early in the season, but has struggled the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Is this class as good as we were making out to be to start the season? So now you're the wrong person to ask this, but let's say, let's say someone who's never played the position, but watches the sport or covers the sport is asking me this. My response would be, how many people out there who set the expectation level for these dudes really have a clue what they're watching at the quarterback position? Mm -hmm. well, that's really what we're talking about. It's not like Caleb Williams it has different DNA or Drake May has mm -hmm. different DNA. The reality is this is what playing sports is. It's not linear progression all the time. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, over the long run, you are improving. Like Hopefully, you're not tanking because that's kind of a problem. But by and large, what I think we see – and this goes back to the thing I said about J.J. McCarthy. Just because you return, just because you were good one year and then you come back, it doesn't automatically just mean your production is going to improve 20 percent or 25 percent. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a falsely based expectation. So what happens is the market sets the expectation out of this world. Then the dudes don't live up to it. And instead of the market looking itself in the mirror and saying, wow, that, that's bad on us. They look at the player and say, shame on this player for not living up to my expectation. That's why the whole overrated term is one I shy away from. Because at any given moment, the public should look you in the eye and say, well, who rated them? They didn't rate mm. themselves. Who rated them? And then you go, oh, oh, it was me, wasn't it? Well, and, and, and I think I, I do want to highlight this, though. There's something that we were talking about on our LSU postgame on Saturday, which is, you're right. There is no, it is not automatic. It is not just a result. Oh, I'm coming back for another year. I, I'm going to be X percent better. Um, but it does happen sometimes. But again, it doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't happen by accident. I mean, look at Jaden Daniels. I mean, yep. he is the perfect example of this. Mm -hmm. Many people called him a known product, right? I mean, oh, we've had four years of starting experience from which to pull. Like, surely he's topped out and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know, he's in a stable environment. Blah, blah, blah. But the point is, Brian Kelly had an answer last week that really stuck with me, where he talked about Jaden Daniels showing up at 5 a.m. in the film room every day this offseason, leaving at 8. They had to change protocols, give him full access to the building. Joe Sloan, the quarterback coach, made him like a six-month plan. Okay, here's how you're going to get better at progressions, yada, yada. The point is, you got to do the fucking work. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and Daniels did the work. It didn't happen just because he came back. Now, granted, he had more things. And he has Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, and that's always going to help in that great offensive line. But he did the work to get better. And, and I think players that do that should be commended, mm -hmm. should be highlighted. Yeah. What you need is... If, if you're a high, if you're a gambling man, if you have an average year at quarterback at LSU, you need to bet that quarterback to win the Heisman the next year. <laughs> yeah, the I'm next just year. saying, like that is the key. You have an average year at LSU junior year, you turn around senior year, you have a Heisman type yeah, season. Hey, look, there's I mean, I know, I know that's kind of jovial, but there's a lot of truth to that LSU and beyond. Probably what we're circling here, the point we're circling is the dudes who stand the best chance are the ones who know they still have a lot to prove coming into that year. That's really mm -hmm. the bottom line. No one said oh, Caleb yeah. Williams or Drake May had anything to prove. If anything, the number one topic of conversation is will they stay healthy all year? Well, that's like skating on thin ice with hot blades all year. I'm not going to do a triple axle or whatever those folks do in uh, figure skating if I'm just worried about staying healthy. If I'm worried about what Jaden Daniels was worried about, which is a GM wondering if I can go through progressions yes. and actually work an intermediate passing game, well, that's all I'm going to be focused on. And my mm -hmm. team, 
is going to be better off just as a byproduct. Yeah, I mean, look, that, he had such a clear area of improvement, and he's done that. Where do you think he ranks on your Heisman list? Obviously, he's going to have to win some of these resume games coming out of the stretch mm -hmm. here, but he is starting to become a bit of a statistical outlier yep. when you look at Caleb Williams and uh, Michael Pinnock starting to slow down a bit. If they beat Alabama, I think he's going to end up winning it. Um, yeah. when, Caleb, when Caleb Williams had that turnover game against Notre Dame, that's really what opened it up. So mm -hmm. until then, it was going to be his to lose. Once that happened, and then especially after the Utah game, it's fully open. I looked at these odds like 20 minutes ago. I never look at the Heisman odds. I just so happened to look at them today. And I think I saw him third. I saw Jaden Daniels right there, third or fourth, depending on which book you look at. And it's not a wide gap. And so I think the two dudes who can make just huge leaps are still Bo Nix and then Jaden Daniels. If, if they go and beat them in Tuscaloosa in two weeks, that's what won Joe Burrow the Heisman. Everyone mm -hmm. was waiting on the Bama game. Mm -hmm. it, it was yeah, nothing yeah straight up. It was the Bama game. And it's the same spot. They're going to have to go on the road. They're going to have to win in Tuscaloosa. Um, if he does that, then I think he'll vault right to the top. And the, I don't think they have to win the SEC. As long as they don't have four or five losses in this mm. kind of year, I don't think they have to win it this year. Well, well I think I think he has the best opportunity because if you do go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, and then if you do beat Georgia, who will probably be the number one team in the country, oh, and he puts his stats then. up. Yeah, then it's a wrap then. Like, I agree. Yeah, like, that, he that's the best. done and done. If he gets the job, if everyone got the job done, if J.J. McCarthy got the job done, Michigan wins the Big Ten. If if Michael Penix wins the Pac-12 and Jaden leaves leads LSU to an SEC championship win over Georgia, Jaden's going to get the Heisman, even if yeah. they have a two losses compared to an undefeated Michigan and a one-loss Washington. That resume and those wins and his stats on top of that and running the football, 100%. I want to talk Washington. Uh, because this has been my heart and soul Pac-12 team picked to win it. And you win a game 15-7. to seven. You have a three-turnover deficit. It's the second time this year where Penix has emerged touchdown less from a game. And while you got Stanford this weekend, you're going to end at USC, home Utah, at Oregon State, home versus Wazoo. Uh, that's a gauntlet. And then you'll have a Pac-12 championship if you make it through that gauntlet. Uh, are we more or less bullish on the Huskies coming out of this Arizona State battle. I've been taking just immense amounts of flack because I never moved them ahead of Oregon in the JP poll, which, as we know, is not mm. my fault. It's all a model anyway. But I, I always laugh when these folks talk about these teams I know good and well they haven't watched. The, the public, the general public, has watched one Washington game this year. It was the Oregon game, and they looked incredible. Mm -hmm. um, th they have no clue what happened in the Arizona State game the other night. They have mm -hmm. no concept. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown. They have no idea because I know good and well they weren't up past midnight watching it. Well, dutifully, the three of us did watch it, and I hear these things, these, these words like unstoppable. That's not an unstoppable offense. I know because Arizona State stopped it. It's just you, you have to know what you're doing. You have to have things come together the right way, and they're not hanging 15 on Oregon, if they play them again, they'll be up. I think they looked at their schedule, honestly. I think North Carolina may have done the same thing. And all of a sudden, you, you do what you can't afford to do. And mm -hmm. they won. North Carolina didn't. But with Penix, you know what I'm just itching to see, and I don't know if we'll get it or not. I want to see – I want to say them. I want to see Washington on the field. I would love to see them go against a Georgia. I would love to see them go against an Alabama. I would love to see them go against NFL defensive backs. That's what I'd love. Um, I thought he played phenomenally, like threaded the needle against Oregon. I'd like to see that with three weeks buildup. Basically, all the trappings of a playoff game and, mm -hmm. and all the hype and intensity and the waiting and waiting and, and knowing for three weeks, I got the biggest day of my life coming up. But first, I got to go through Christmas. I got to go through all this yep. stuff in my family. And then on the backside of it, then we'll get back to work. Um, it does funny things to people. But if you're a real one, it brings out the best in you. And I, I want to see it bring out the best in him. Now, I don't know if we're going to get to see that, but at the very least, I think we'll get to see them in the Pac-12 championship game against someone of that yeah. caliber. And then come what may after that. All right. So you're going down to Jacksonville. You'll be there for, for Georgia versus Florida. And for everyone listening, it is Georgia versus Florida, regardless if you went to Georgia or not. They won last year, T-Bob. So that's how you say the damn thing this year. Uh, Brock Bowers, no go for three, four, five, six weeks, however long it is. Three, four, five, six is what we're going three, with. Three, four, five, six. six. Know, yeah. I, who knows? Indeterminate timetable. I mean, for goodness sakes, the uh, quarterback for Duke played in three weeks off a high ankle. Like, it's possible nowadays. Uh, where 
it's Georgia in trouble first off. And how do you see this offense being a little bit different possibly with Bobo? Um, no, I, I don't think they're in trouble. They're vulnerable, but they can also – they have wiggle room a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. But here, here's what I go back to. So when they play down at Auburn, clearly if Brock Bowers is not there, they don't win that game. There's, to me, a big difference in losing a guy or, – or let's say they would have lost him in the Auburn game. I don't think they would have won that game. But there's a big difference in something happening in the heat of battle – versus it's happened we got two weeks to build up and in the True. locker room this is this is the important part it happens at quarterback sometimes you lose a key player but you have an entire week or in this case two weeks to build up in a locker room knows it's on us now we don't get mm-hmm. to look to this dude to bail us out it's on us now sometimes and I, I believe this is the culture huh. at Georgia there's this galvanization that happens and dudes who otherwise have played above average, all of a sudden go over the cliff, just full face in the fan mentality. And you end up saying, wow, I didn't know that X was capable of this or Y mm-hmm. was capable of this or Z position group was capable of this. I think we'll get that kind of performance out of Georgia this coming Saturday. But having said that, I also think there was this real stay of execution vibe about the Florida program when they found a way to beat South Carolina. Now, the public looks and says, who cares? You beat South Carolina. Everyone is. That's right. Um, as far as I can tell, pretty much everyone's beaten Auburn, too. Georgia barely did that. So let's just let's not have revisionist history here. Uh, there have been some vulnerable moments, certainly for both of these teams, Florida way more than Georgia. But in, in October, every year in college football, October uh, mid to late, this, this right here, this scaling mm-hmm. of performance starts happening with a handful of teams, um, usually the good ones. And so I, th- I think it's going to, I know it's going to happen with Georgia. Is it going to happen with Florida? That's what determines the outcome mm-hmm. Saturday. But there is a very, very big reason why you've got a two plus touchdown favorite in this game. Yeah. So the onus or onus, however we pronounce that word, I've never been clear on it, is clearly on Billy well, Nate. Well, and I was more worried. And listen, I, Florida is a good team. You know, T Bob makes fun of me because I kind of do like some of their personnel here or there that, that, you know, they'll probably end up being a six and six team when it's all said and done. I thought about for, for the next weeks after that, Missouri coming yeah. off a bye, Ole Miss going to Knoxville. Like, do you see enough time between the bye week versus Florida and then getting ready for Missouri where this offensive identity can really form? Or is that too quick of a timeline? I think someone's going to bite them. I think they're going to lose a game somewhere in there. Uh, and it's even if they formed offensive identity, your, your identity is as good as the players you've got in your building. Mm-hmm. And while I'm certainly not painting them like the Penn State receiver room, I think it's fair to say we, we hoped for, you know, the rah-rah Thomases of the world to maybe scale their performance a little bit more. We, we hoped for a definitive wide receiver one to establish themselves a little bit more. Is that not fair? But then again, I've had number 19, so I haven't yeah. needed that. Well, you, have, you haven't had McConkey for no, 90% I mean, no, of the season no, so Josh, far. No, no, shut the fuck up, Aaron. That's the thing. No, 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 These no, Georgia no. fans are going to tell you that these Georgia fans are going to tell you, no, no, Raw Raw only didn't play well because of, of Bowers. You see, now that Bowers yeah, is out, now that you've well, removed the best offensive playbook. weapon from the team, now Rob Rock can finally be a Georgia. good football player. No, 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 no. <laughs> nothing to do with Brock. It had completely had everything to do with learning a brand new system. Okay, sure, dude. It Whatever you to I do kind of I do kind of love so is Dom Love it, and then now McConkey's healthy. Rosemary Jack Saints doing his thing too. Like, I'm not trying to be a Georgia Homer here, but I like, will I say we're well, gonna be a straight. I don't know if this trying to be, I don't know if intention matters at this point, yes. but but um, I do like what Josh is saying though about the idea that yeah maybe the circumstance now that Georgia has two weeks forces mm-hmm. you to find a way. It goes back to what you said about Ohio State earlier, right? They know they don't have a quarterback in spring; they have to adapt and survive. And really, if you look at like I love movies, film, all that. It's like the original Jaws movie, right? Fucking animatronic shark never worked. What do you do? You don't show the shark. And you actually create a masterpiece. So maybe UJ has some Spielberg in him. We'll see. We'll so see. I'm we're just, looking, I'm we're not looking sure. for our AD Mitchell. That's what we're looking. We're looking. They called the shark Bruce, by the way, on set. So that was their Bruce. So think about this, though. They saved AD Mitchell for the playoffs, though. He yes, didn't play all year. So AD Mitchell. saved for the right moment. I remember being at their spring game, and there's this one dude catching everything in sight, AD mm-hmm. Mitchell. So then he gets hyped up over the summer. 
does approximately nothing the first half to three quarters of the season. Then mm-hmm. they get in the playoff, and it, it's just like the it's like the Roy Scheider moment. He's chumming the water, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. A.D. Yep. Mitchell comes up out of the water. <laughs> Who's coming up out of the water against Ole Miss? Who's coming up out of the water on the road in Neyland? Mm-hmm. That's what we want to know right now. Uh, Josh, cannot thank you enough, man. Uh, we didn't even get to OU or Texas, missed opportunities, but hey, Thank you so much. Late kick, Josh. You know him. You love him. You can see those beautiful baby blues getting more and more dilated as the pre-workout kicks in. <laughs> Looking good, my friend, Josh. Thank you so much, man. And you have a uh, you have an excellent day. I appreciate you having me, guys. Thanks, Josh. Have a hell of a workout. All right, quick message from DraftKings, and then we'll be right back with more snaps. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports duty partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Right now, new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, like it doesn't matter. You start the season with an instant dub. And always remember the DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins so string together multiple bets in the same game or build a parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter bottom line is basketball is more fun when you're in on the action so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code tbob t-b-o-b new customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just five dollars only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code tbob t-b-o-b the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates, to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. 
Bold flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Um, hell yeah. Vito Perillo. Perillo? Per, per, I apologize. It's uh, I'm sorry, Vito. Don't get mad at me. Uh, what a collab. Two of my favorite college football channels. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Greg Hendricks, please replay that shit when the dogs go undefeated this regular season. T-Bob can eat some crow shit. <laughs> I, I think it's, I kind of like the escalation by Greg there. Instead of eating crow, um, because I am such a hater, I will have to eat crow shit. Uh, look, I will. I will. I will. No, not really. I'm not going to agree to do that. Um, yeah, I, look, man, I... Don't get mad Pate. at me. Pate's the one that just said he thinks George is going to lose a game. Like, I... I've been saying I don't think you're going to lose to the playoffs, okay? Mm, wow. I was a little shocked there. I, I, I would, I'll would. i I'll settle for this. Can you, you at least say the schedule? Can you, can you at least say the schedule is harder than what you were kind of uh, uh, it has rounded into It has Thank rounded you. into somewhat exciting form here there at go. the end. It's Florida, Mizzou, and who else? Isn't there one other kind of frisky team? Ole Miss? In Knoxville against Tennessee, bro. Don't I don't I show the I don't we are not look. Ole Miss is kind of frisky. We are not granting Ole, Ole Miss, Miss just any your team any rating above kind of frisky. Yeah, LSU is the worst defense in the who's country. Frisky? LSU is literally you play, you play losing any single LSU any game. Both. Who's more frisky in your mind? Both games are in Athens, Missouri or Ole Miss. What would you pick for? Imagine the that both games are in Athens. Story of the season. Um, mm. I think. Mm, Hmm. I was asked this. On I a, think on Mizzou. I think Mizzou. I think I think Mizzou is friskier because I like Mizzou's defense more. Like full stop. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think that's. I don't think yeah. that's close. I think Mizzou's the bigger threat because Blake Baker in that defense is pretty damn good. Um, Cody Traders run the ball way more consistently. And they got more depth at receiver. The receivers and are better. And that line. Luther Burns a beast. Yeah, I like I like Mizzou uh, way more. The only problem is Mizzou already had their Georgia scare last year. You know, and it feels real just if you're just reading the kind of, you know, the 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 just college football trends, how this stuff tends to work, because constantly in the run up to the game, we're going to be talking about, you know, Mizzou must beat him, Mizzou must beat him, Mizzou. It just feels like they'll probably come out and like Georgia will mm-hmm. like smash them at home. But but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Wunderkind uh, Prapa says uh, nobody in the SE has an easy schedule ever. Uh, this year's this, SEC this year's is about as easy as you're going to find. Yeah. And Georgia's managed to craft the easiest of the easy that you are going to find. Again, though, I, I want to give respect because it it it's way better than it looked at the beginning of the year. Because yeah. Ole Miss has been good, because the rise of Mizzou, that's actually exciting. I don't Florida's buy the Florida. Too. No, 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 I don't no, need no, 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 Florida, no, no, Florida will be I, – I said it I said it during the interview. Yes. Simmer down. Florida at the end of the season, it may look decent right now, but Florida is probably going to be a six and six football team. Shit, if Arkansas can figure it out with it, you know, getting rid of Enos and cutting that dead weight, maybe they lose to Arkansas. Oh, yeah. and, you know, Florida's five we, and seven. We didn't even talk about uh, Dan Enos. Do you realize? So this is the craziest thing about the seven three game. Is do you realize how bad Mississippi State's defense was? Like mm. Mississippi State's defense, I, I'd have to double check this. But if it's if I'm off, I'm not off by much. So functionally, it doesn't matter. All season long, we've talked about LSU being last in stop rate in the Power Five, right? I'm pretty so LSU was 65th in the Power Five out of 65. I'm pretty sure Mississippi State was 64. Like LSU was like 120 something, and Mississippi State was like 113. They were like, 11th. Was- they're 11th, and I'm, I'm sure this is counting the three point game they just had. They were 11th, probably 12th in the SEC in points given up per game. No, that's what I'm saying. Game. They they yeah. are they are they're, an awful defense. Good. 
Yes. And Dan Enos with what we thought was maybe one of the best returning quarterbacks in the entire conference could not do shit. And when you combine that with emailing mm. students after the game because you're upset from your own real ass Gmail account, I mean, it was just a disaster. Enos had to go. The people demanded blood. Now it's just whether or not Arkansas can salvage something here down the stretch, which I thought would have started this last weekend. I would have too. Now, obviously. And you have Maybe a backup not. quarterback playing for Mississippi State too, a running backup quarterback. It, it just shows you. I mean, we talked about the quarterbacks, and, and and we were talking with Josh about how some quarterbacks have elevated this year and how some have, have gone down from last year. The ones that have elevated, Jaden, look at what he returns at the receiving position, how good yeah. those guys are. Look at Brady Cook at Missouri, what he's returned at, at the receiving position, how good those guys have been in the addition of Theo Weiss. USC lost some guys. UNC lost some guys. Um, and then Arkansas lost their guys too. And I have a bunch of just random ass transfer guys that have, most of them have never even played major college football before. Like the importance of having, like I, I've always thought of like, a quarterback will elevate those guys game. Yeah. In today's world, it's a little bit more hand in hand. Like these receivers are so electric. If you can throw a bubble pass to a receiver and that guy take it for 60, 70 yards, once again, which which is what Alabama has been missing for the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. Those guys dictate a game so much. Ask Ohio State what they did with, with Marvin Harrison Jr. Game changers, man. That, that, was, that was the obvious. I mean, that's just a clear – like that's the clearest cut case you can make. Also, I mean, look at Burton with Milrow, right? Like when, when yeah. Alabama is having success, it mainly all flows through Jermaine Burton just winning his mm-hmm. battle and Milrow finding him. Um, I still think the elite, elite quarterbacks are capable of raising everyone else. But if you are a good quarterback or an average quarterback, like Kyle McCord's not bad, but Kyle McCord's not elite. He's, he's probably a good quarterback right now, but Marvin Harrison jr. Makes his game a million times better and a million times easier. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, no doubt in the, in the current, it's why you see guys getting paid in the NFL now too, right? You should never want to pay that position. And now you do because it's, it's a position that is appreciating in value for whatever reason. Uh, Aaron, who's in more trouble right now? OU or Texas. So Mm -hmm. OU having a battle with UCF comes down to two point conversion, Texas, um, up 21 to zero against Houston before watching that lead evaporate and really coming down to the very end. Quinn Ewers, AC joint sprain to his yep. throwing shoulder. Mm, going to be out have, for some time. I'm uh, worried about Texas. I'm worried about Texas. Mm. I, why is that? You don't have your quarterback. You don't have your quarterback. And and, and you look at their schedule, and, and there's a team in two weeks in Kansas State that's playing good football right now. Mm-hmm. That's playing good football. Like that, that is a worry for me. You look at Kansas State over the past two weeks, you know, dominated TCU, not a good football team this year, but still dominated them 41 to three. Uh, and then took it on the road at Texas Tech 38 to 21. So all of a sudden you've had some close games for Texas. That's a couple now. And and you're without your your, your star quarterback for who knows how long. And and the problem is like you can't slip up again for Texas. That's why I'm more concerned. Like if Oklahoma drops one, but still goes to the Big Twelve Championship and and wins that most likely versus Texas, like they're probably still going to be in the playoffs at twelve and one. Texas, the 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 the, the margin of errors, you can't lose another game. Doesn't matter if it's Oklahoma. in the regular season or doesn't matter if it, it's it's if even if you do beat Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship game, you lose one more, you ain't going to the playoffs. And now you're without your quarterback for two or three weeks. Oklahoma does have, though, a tougher schedule from here on out. I mean, you look at Texas' schedule. This is relative cake. You mentioned Kansas State, but you get them at That's home. That's the one. That's the one, though. Yeah. No, no, I know, I know. But you, you get BYU you at home this week. Another game, though. That's no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. But then you go at TCU, at Iowa State, home against Texas Tech. Like, even with a backup, Texas should win those games. At Kansas for Oklahoma this weekend, then at yep. Oklahoma State, then home versus a West Virginia team that is not mm-hmm. great, but has been far better than anybody expected. Yep. And they round out with BYU. That's a tough three game stretch right there yep. for, for Oklahoma, yep. especially after looking a little fallible at home against this UCF team. So I think I think maybe I'm more worried about Oklahoma, but you're done. I do get your point mm-hmm. of um well, I guess this is how I'd frame it. I'm more worried about Oklahoma. I think it's more likely that they lose a game rather than Texas lose a game. Mm-hmm. But to your overall point, that actually functionally won't matter. Uh, matter. Even if they lose one, because they'll still go to the Big 12 championship. And we'll have the rematch that everybody's been hyping up all year long anyway. You know what's crazy um, to think about right what? now? 
if Oklahoma or Texas do Texas loses one of those games, comes back, beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, they eliminate the State, Big 12 in the playoffs. Ohio State, but yeah, eliminate Ohio State by winning this weekend can do exactly what they did last season. They can still afford to lose that game in Ann Arbor and still get in the playoffs as number four seed if 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 that happens. They're in a well, good spot I mean, right now. Let's think They're in a I mean, good I, spot but, right but, now. But, the, but in theory, the Pac-12 and ACC should also produce viable candidates this year. Unless Florida State fucks it up, which is entirely possible, and unless yep. the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself. But yep. I think we'll get candidates out of both those conferences. And I would say no matter what the SEC champion's in, like, uh, let's, you know, to go full Homer, let's say LSU wins it with two losses. I don't like, think so. I think you put a conference champion, two loss LSU in over a one loss non-conference champion, Ohio state. Nope. Uh, uh, that's fucking crazy. Then I mean, why are you SEC's playing football? Not good enough this year for that? SEC is not good enough for that this year. And I think a little bit has to do with if, 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 if Ohio state goes in there and makes it competitive and loses a close game on the road, I would put them over a, a two loss LSU team. Yeah, I mean, what, what? But okay, but hold on then, hold on. But then, what happens to Georgia? Because in this scenario, Georgia too. probably would have lost in the SEC championship. And they have one loss in the Georgia's year. Yeah, too. I guess their schedule is not going to be good enough to. Uh, no. Ohio State just wins versus Notre Dame and Penn State. Uh, this is true. If Kansas State beats Texas, they would move ahead of Texas for um, passageway to the Big Twelve championship, and Kansas State should probably win out. Against Houston, Baylor, Kansas, and Iowa State. Otherwise, so mm-hmm. so yeah, Kansas State actually sneakily in a good position. Uh, now that you uh, now that you uh, well now now the season's starting to take shape. Yeah, yeah, a lot of football, and that's why I don't even want to go too far down that playoff hypothetical road because it never plays out like no. you think it's going to. <laughs> I mean, look at this last Saturday, like we mentioned on Sunday's yeah. recap show, a classic survive in advance Saturday where mm-hmm. you saw some contenders fall and other ones survive, which is why I'm not coming in here and shitting on OU or Texas for playing close. I'm not shitting mm-hmm. on Washington for playing mm-hmm. close because these games happen, and what separates the champions is who finds a way to win. Who finds a way to win when your all-Heisman quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., can't do shit and is turning yep. the ball over, right? Like, it, I, I actually think there's something to be said. I think this is a season that. of, like, all that matters. Like, style points don't don't. For the yeah. winning team, style points don't mean a damn thing to me. It's just every week is that survive, advance, survive, advance, survive. The margin is so thin this year from good football teams to the next level to even maybe even a couple of elite teams. Like there's, there's 15, 20 teams that could beat each other on a given Saturday. Just win the damn game and move on. Just win the damn thing. Uh, Vunderkin Prapa says shit on USC some more. Um, I'm not, I don't want to kick South Carolina while they're down. It's been rough for Rattler and the, Oh, you mean, uh, S Oh yeah. SC. Uh, no, look, I, I, I just, uh, man, Lincoln Riley's really done damage to his reputation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that there's ever been a coach that has as much resume success that is having so much shit talked about him than Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, this is a cat who, if you just looked at his resume, all the Heisman's, the unreal winning percentage, the conference championships, the playoff appearances, like these are resumes that 99.9% of coaches would kill for. And yet like my producer on my morning show this morning is calling him stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hold up now. Like, how do you get people, off? Are people still saying that about Ryan day though? Ryan day is the I was same about to say, thing. Ryan day's one of the Ryan others. Day's the same but, thing. But, 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 but he doesn't have the glaring weakness that Lincoln Riley has. I mean, you just heard Josh. He Jeffrey. did yeah, until right. this year. Like, he, that's the big difference. No, because like, even he the has. defense was better last year. The defense was improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC, they were better because of the competition they played. They were still got exposed in games where they had to actually play defense. I mean, Lincoln just he just Georgia. refuses to fix the defense. He refuses yeah. to address the Alex Grinch problem, and now he's like not making players available for the media. He got that mm-hmm. one like kid beat writer suspended <laughs> earlier this year. He's just kind of coming off like a little bitch. Mm. He said that. He said that they're putting that the media is putting too much pressure on his team. He also said that it's not about wins and losses. As, as your like, starting what? quarterback is on at least fifty commercials every single Saturday. The, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, what are we talking? And it's not about uh, wins and losses. Then why do we pay you ten million dollars a year? Yeah, come on. I thought that's Lincoln. literally what it was all about. So I don't know, man. It's it's. I just think it's it's a really disappointing time 
to be a USC fan, given that you were like, again, thank, hey, hey, thank goodness the Big Ten got Washington and Oregon to uh, to mit, commit to coming over because all of a sudden SEC looked like they're going to be flexing because they got Texas and Oklahoma and they're kicking butt yeah, right now. And, and UCLA is a good team. Like, I'm not going to throw it, but like, they ain't like a big brand mover right now when it comes to football. USC was the big get, and it, it ain't looking like that's uh, as of right now, like this super sexy get. No, 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 no. I mean, well, uh, well, you know, still, still, it's still I a mean, big brand. I get it. You know, like, it still is. Like, you have a coach that just can't awful. get it done, though. Like, it's not it's like just, Texas or Oklahoma look weird. like they are getting it done. It's just weird that you would have such a glaring weakness and be so prideful to think that, like, I can keep doing the same thing and this weakness is just going to fix itself. Um, because obviously that is just not the case. Uh oh. I mean, a great point by. A barge in here. Is it time to bring Cornhub back? Nebraska could sneak into the Big Ten championship. Again, won't, but could. I mean, with the Iowa loss, which honestly should have never happen. That fair catch uh call was just an absolute tragedy. No, it wasn't a high he, crime. He waved what his hand. He waved his hand. He waved his teammate horizontally to clear out from the ball. What the fuck he, are you talking about? You think he, that was a it, fair it, catch? It, by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law, he was oh signaling God, a fair you're catch. Such a nerd. You're such a nerd. Why don't you go narc on somebody else, nerd? Okay, I'm trying to smoke cigarettes behind the dumpster. I, I'm, not, I'm not like it sucks. I get it. Like I, I know what he was trying to do, but when it comes to officiating, man, it's such a gray area that you're living in right there. When you're doing this, I mean, how many times have you seen God feel the punt where he's running up and doesn't have time to really get it above his head? He just goes like this real quick. Like, just I've seen enough of those where it gets really tough for for a ref. Yeah, no, you're right. The the cover team definitely stopped. Like he called fair catch too. Like it was so obvious that the cover team just they were like, oh, we better throttle down so we don't get a penalty, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, just enough. Let me, well, suck, a split let, me let me let me split suck my split. teeth at you real quick. Just split second. That's all. It takes uh, okay, run. look from where I sit, Nebraska doesn't quite control their own destiny because Minnesota is ahead of them now at two and two of the tie. But the other teams ahead of them, Iowa and Wisconsin, are on the Nebraska schedule. So mm -hmm. the Huskers could pull it off. The dairy raid don't look impressive. Iowa, I mean, Nebraska loves the Iowa matchup right now. Both teams want to play mm -hmm. great defense. That, that game will be six to three. Okay. Do they like the Maryland the matchup one? though? Do they like the Maryland matchup? Uh, who? Nebraska? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, it's at home. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> no, to be clear, I don't think Nebraska's gonna win out. Let's not get crazy. I'm just saying, technically, outside of Minnesota, they could they 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 control their ability to 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 reach over uh, the other two. Uh, do not call me a Virginia Slim guy. That's a ridiculous thing to say. Vunderkin Prapa. I'm an American Spirit guy. Um, spirit goals. Uh, and again, never regularly. Only one heater per quarter during the LSU game. That's the system. Okay. We mm. cannot allow ourselves to smoke regularly because it's not good for us, mm -mm. even though we love it, even though we love it. Ooh, LSU Bama kickoff time announced at 645 central. Let's CBS go, didn't get it. Uh, it's probably the doubleheader. 645. Right. That'd be 745. Uh, your time. You want to do top 10? Uh, do we have time for top 10? I don't think Let's we have do time. Top 10. We have top okay, 10. Let's do top 10 real quick. Let's do top 10 real quick. Was that you just, <sighs> just wanting to push off because you weren't ready to do your top 10? No, I never, I never do any like prep for the top 10 anyway. I just look at the AP top 25 and feel it out. Um, I, I just know that I, you're going to do some stupid shit, like try to put like Oklahoma number one again, even though I told you not to. Last oh week. yeah, I was, that was totally me. Um, that I, was I, actually I, totally you. Check the tape. No, that was totally you. No, 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 no. Yes, I yes, wanted yes, to yes, move. Yes. Uh, did I want to move Washington to one or like Florida State? Yes, or something? another stupid show. No, you wanted to move Oklahoma two weeks ago to one, and I was saying we can't take them off one after them having a bye week because Texas yeah, was a better win than Oregon. No, but we could though. But no, could. but you want to take them off one for Washington? Yeah, exactly. No. I could, we could have done it. I, I, I'm going to put my foot doesn't matter. It's here. not like actually, it's not like either one looked very good. <laughs> no, enough of the BS. No, I don't care see, who they've played. I don't want to do it. I don't care I don't who they've do played. Michigan is clearly the best team in America. Michigan is the number one team in America. 
Can you actually? I thought you were going to say Georgia. I do kind of agree with that a little bit. Thank you. I do kind of agree with that a little bit. I'm putting Michigan. I feel. I feel like I don't want to reward. We keep trying to fight it because we don't want. Yes, we don't want to reward them. But Michigan is clearly the best team in America. Also, I feel like this just means that we have to hitch Georgia up there at two Mm -hmm. because we've had them in tandem the entire year. We've had fun with it, but we we just have to admit these are the. But you really believe Georgia is the best, second best team in the country? You really believe that? I do. I think we've seen enough flaws from the other teams where just because they've had a better resume doesn't mean they're the better football team. <sighs> Michael Campbell, where's the Notre Dame hate now? Coach Freeman has two top 10 wins in two years, but he's constantly getting the inexperienced narrative for any loss. Where's the energy for the wins? Um, I, I think Freeman's great, dude. I, yeah. I, I really like, I mean, look at Notre Dame Stevens. The big question for Notre Dame going forward is just going to be replacing Sam Hartman. Like, like, can you manage to get good quarterback play year in can and you year get out? Receivers. It's and like Penn State. Can you get skill? Like, you need. Yeah, that's true. Like, that is, I, I think, coming to this more and more. We said it 20 minutes ago. Receivers are the game changers in today's game. Look at the Miami Dolphins and what they did this year. What they do for Tua, they brought in Tyreek and all these other receivers, and now they're kicking butt. Like, yeah. you need that. Look at position. AJ Brown for the Eagles. AJ Brown's on pace for 2,000 yards. Yes. Penn State don't got them. Notre Dame don't got them. You got well, supposedly I, stud quarterbacks, and you're struggling. I also think for Michael, if you're wondering why Notre Dame's not being hyped more after the USC win, it's because you already caught the two losses, and it sucks, but it kind of is what it is. Mm-hmm. So nobody's you don't have a conference championship to play for, and nobody's calling you a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So you're still fun to watch. You're still a damn good football team, obviously, but you're going to struggle to get the national coverage that it sounds like you're kind of that's the problem when you're not uh, in the conference as soon as you're out of the playoff race the people don't care what you do i mean they're excited if you knock someone else out but like exactly that's what i'm saying that's that's why they got love because they knocked off usc but nobody's gonna go out there and be like oh look how good but you know i look if i'm a notre dame fan i believe in marcus freeman let's be clear about that all right um okay so we'll go michigan one i guess we gotta go georgia two then Ohio State. um Ohio State three wins versus Notre Dame and Penn State. Yeah, yeah, probably the best resume, and they look the part. Told you this. I mean, I do like Ohio State. Ohio State is a quarterback. Ohio State is a quarterback away from being the best team in the country. Well, okay, I'm six inches away from being a porn star. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, Mm. what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) how many, how many teams are just a court? Like, hey, what if you took? What if you took an all-American quarterback no, and put him no. on the team? How good would they be? Like, no, you- not every team is like that. You can't say that. No, 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 no. No, but no. there's a lot. They're, though. they're 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 a top. I defense, think Florida State should be skill. ahead of Ohio State. I trust them more. I love the way they finish games, mm-hmm. and I like their resume with the Duke win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I think more than Ohio State, LSU, Duke, okay, and fine. Clemson. Okay, Florida State three, Ohio State four, Washington or Oklahoma at five. Washington, Oklahoma at five. Um, I'm gonna go Oklahoma. Still, the win over Texas to me puts it over the top. Um. Okay. Okay. So Oklahoma five. Really? Uh, no way. We just spent a whole time talking about weapons. Who has the best weapons in the country on the outside? Washington. Washington is the clear number five. I'm not playing this game with you again this week. Fine, fine. Washington, Washington five, five Oklahoma six. And then this is where you can take over and do whatever like stupid Texas jerking off you want to do is or whatever you want to do. Uh, we're at seven right now. Prez, uh, Riley Leonard did play. Did Riley Leonard end up going out in that fourth quarter? Yes, and absolutely sucks. But... Look at how Florida State's finished games. 31-7 yeah. run against LSU, 24-7 run against Clemson, 21-0 run against Duke. You gotta kill Florida State to put him out. All right, who we put in, who we put in at uh who we put in at seven? Seven Texas, eight Alabama. Okay. I'm down for that. Nine Oregon. Nine Oregon. Ten. Utah. Mm, no, just because you Mizzou. played an awful defense. Mizzou. Yeah. You're kicking Penn State out of 10? No, no Penn State at 10? 
I just think like it's sad because Penn State probably deserves to be 10, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to factor into the postseason at all. They'll be in like the Rose Bowl or something, I'm sure. I'll put LSU at 10. What? No. Yeah. No, no, no. We can't. We can't. We can't. Yes, we can. We can't do that. Yes, we can. We can't do that. There's the best offense in the country. The defense is improving. Penn State can't score points against a good defense. No, I don't want to put Penn State there either, to be fair. Who are you so. going to put there? LSU beat Missouri. I'm not yeah, putting Utah Ole Miss there beat because LSU. they beat a crappy USC team. Ole Miss beat LSU, though. Oregon State? Maybe give Oregon State some love? Damn. In 6-1, and one, all they're doing is winning. I think LSU is a better team. I still think LSU is going to possibly win the SEC championship game. I just have a feeling. I love seeing this out of you, but all right, all right. We have to we gotta wrap up. What are we gonna do at 10? Chat, what should we do? Make a final call here. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I think my final vote, just because it's fun. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Oregon State. Okay, let's go to Oregon State. All right, Oregon State at 10. There you go. Um, that'll do it for today's snap. Huge. Thank you to everybody hanging out with us in chat. Yeah. James Madison, James Madison at 10. There we go. Mm. Um, thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, huge shout out to Josh Pate for coming on today and, and basically, uh, doing the whole troll show. That was a ton of fun. Uh, massive. Thank you to Pat Gunther, Ryan Brumley, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia, although only really Chris and the others out of that, not PG or Brumley there on vacation and paternity leave. So fuck. Um, all right. Y'all have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow for some new snaps. Subscribe, like, all that stuff. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.